there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Box podcast. Fresh Out the Podcast. There you go. I'm the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. I am the co-host of Fresh Out the Box slash Fresh Out the Podcast. It's me, Casualty CDG, retired child crimes and human trafficking detective, turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. am the professional media and movie mastermind the funhouse drew munhausen and we have a special guest today for episode 44 uh, of fresh out the podcast uh, special guests <laughs> we have the mayor of nerdtropolis is here himself sean would you like to introduce yourself I think you just introduced me, so I think I'm good. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Sean Charles, the mayor of Nertropolis, here to hang out with my boys. Some awesome guys, like-minded individuals as well. And two of these guys, have, actually all three of y'all have written for Nertropolis. So That's I true. appreciate that. That's true. That's true. And for anybody who doesn't know, to, you know, tell them about Nertropolis, about the community that you've created and, and everything there, because it's pretty cool. Yeah, it started really to fight the clickbait culture out there from all these big-time companies putting out articles. So I wanted something straightforward and fun, so we cover movie news, reviews, and trailers mostly. And then we have a pop culture community, like, rocking behind it, um, where people can just chit-chat and meet each other offline and online. So it's really fun. It's been growing like crazy the past, what, three years now, maybe? If I'm doing my math route, right? So it's been growing really fun. I have to give you a lot of credit because... I'm somebody who follows the news, right? Like I read the trades and I follow variety and deadline and all these, all these reports and, and who's getting cast and what, and I follow all that stuff, but I'm also on social media. And so there's a lot of times where I hop onto Facebook for something and I see a nerdtropolis post of news. And that's the first place that I see it. Right. Um, you know, but variety of deadline, before. Hollywood reporter. Those are all awesome publications. It is majority of another group of publications online that are causing that type of clickbait culture. But I do use deadline and Hollywood reporter and variety of sources. So they are good. They're definitely awesome too. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess to that point, you know, sometimes they're sharing stuff that's like, okay, you know, that's, that's news, but that's maybe not the news I care about. Usually Nerdtropolis is posting, you know, if you're listening to this show, tuning in specifically today to hear us talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, like Nerdtropolis is the place for you because that's where you're going to be finding the news that you probably care about. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we're uh, we've been wanting to have you on for a while, Sean. So we're really happy to have you here, especially to speak about the newest MCU release. Is this is the first MCU movie of this year? Because No Way Home was 2021. We've had Moon Knight as far as shows go, but this is the first movie of this year, right? Yes, Um, because we had Batman this year. DC came out swinging with Batman, but this is Marvel's first uh, attempt. And uh, so for anybody listening, we will speak about some thoughts in general first and what we all thought of it before we get into the spoilers of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, but it's, it, you know, we, we were talking a little bit before the show. This is a really difficult movie to, to talk about even in general without spoiling it. Cause there's so much, even when giving your opinion that you want to touch on. So, you know, we'll, we'll just start with some general first impressions and Sean as the guest, I would love to hear you first. Uh, I know you've seen it twice. Um, we've talked about that. So, uh, 
and and I've seen your your Nerdtropolis review score, so I know that much. Um, oh no! Yeah, if you've me... seen it twice, that means you have two first impressions. That is true. <laughs> the funny thing is, I wish I could do. You can, but like a follow up review, and um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought the first time. But after I kind of accepted a lot of things they did and the way they were going, the second time I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. You know, my expectations were a little lower story-wise per se. And so I enjoyed it much better the second time, especially in IMAX. I think IMAX also helped too. It's much more fun on the biggest screen you can see it on. But it was good. It was not a bad movie. It's just, I think No Way Home is a bigger or better multiverse type of movie. I, I agree. I think that No Way Home was really the big event movie that people were needing, especially during the pandemic, like as movies are trying to get back in the swing. Obviously, No Way Home was did not have anything against it from a box office perspective from the pandemic. And I think I'm with you. Like, I thought this was going to be the big the next big event movie. And it's a big movie, but I don't think it's that sa- that same event level thing. And I think to go into that and again, this is why I say you have to tread carefully here with what we talk about. And I don't hope that nobody would get mad at me for saying this. I thought this was truly going to be the, the movie that set the tone or everything for where the MCU was going, because obviously we had 20 something movies that led up to Endgame that told this complete story. And now we're in phase four. And we're getting new characters and we're getting new stories, which is great. But there's not that new big bad yet. Like Thanos was introduced kind of at the end of the first Avengers movie. And I mean, I know there's rumblings of like Kang the Conqueror and things like that, that we've seen in in Loki and that he's going to be in future movies. So I get that that's kind of lingering. But I I thought this was going to be the one where after this film, we would have a more clear idea. And um I don't think that's the case. This was a much more contained Doctor Strange story than I was expecting. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah, I want to get more into that definitely during the spoiler talk. But, I mean, you're right. Uh, I also had the same issue, especially because of certain elements of Spider-Man. I like this movie. It was a good watch. But, yeah, it's very surprisingly, given the content matter, very self-contained. Uh, and I don't know, uh, it, it didn't, they did a lot of things that I was surprised by and they didn't do a lot of things that I thought they should for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I, I guess I also thought it was going to be sort of like an entourage uh, ensemble cast type of thing coming together, working together and, and, uh, starting the next quest for the big bad. I thought that was going to happen. I completely agree. Um, but I thought it was maybe one of my favorite Marvel movies, and usually I'm not a person who has recency bias. Uh, It was... The action was very cool. There were some really cool cameos throughout the movie. Uh, They kind of pushed the envelope for PG-13 violence and for Marvel violence. Absolutely. Uh, I think they might have been one dead body away from an R rating. I think they crossed the hell out of that line. Yeah, man, it was. Yeah, it. I really liked the multiverse of madness. It it was somewhere in between a horror thriller in the first half and superhero movie in the second half. Uh, I was on board the whole way. 
there there was a, a new feel for that movie that Marvel movies haven't had before. And to your point, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home definitely felt like one of those Marvel movies. And in my opinion, it felt like it milked the the cow of nostalgia right into a bucket and everybody drank that tasty nostalgia milk and they loved No Way Home for it. Uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness doesn't do that uh, as much, right? <laughs> uh, surely we'll talk about a scene where it might be that way, but uh, it didn't seem like a, it, it was its own standalone thing. It was scary. It was dark. It was violent. It was funny. Uh, Doctor Strange was funny in it with his quips and one-liners. I-, I loved it. I absolutely loved Multiverse of Madness. Very high on my list. Ari and my mom have the same views on this movie. She loved it. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm going to watch this three more times. <laughs> yeah, I was when we were watching it, I was like, damn, I wish it had an intermission, right? Like, I wish it had like five minutes to get up and go stretch. And then I was thinking I would like to see it again. So, so both, it was too long and I'd like to see it again. I also saw this movie with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right thing to do, guys. Say... <laughs> There's a lot that Gary said that I agree with, but I was definitely a bit more subdued, I think, in my response. I overall did like it, but I kind of felt like, and Sean, you can, you can probably relate to this as a, because I know you've collected comics for a while. For me, when it first started and I was watching the plot, I kept feeling like the, the, the best comparison I have is when you're reading a comic book arc. In a, in a book that you typically like, and you're reading a storyline that you're like, I'm just not really vibing with this story arc right now. Um, but but you kind of feel like you have to push through so that you can get to the next arc, so you can see where it's, where it's going to go. And there's frames, and there's things that you like, and some things that pop. But overall, you're kind of, it's just, you're not really vibing with it. That's how I felt for the at the beginning, like maybe the first 45 minutes. I think it was pacing the, issues. Yeah, once the story really kicked off a little bit more, I, I got a lot more into it and started having more fun with it. But there were definitely some parts at the beginning where I felt like, am I am I a casual Marvel fan now? And, then, and that's truly how I felt. Like, as somebody who... It's a scary thought, too, to be honest. I have that sometimes. I'm like, am I losing interest? I feel the same way. It's kind of scary to think about that sometimes. Yeah, like, I used to be hardcore, like, following every single thing. and And, you know, the first... 20 movies followed characters and things that I like really read a lot of those characters books and, and knew a lot about. And now we're starting to veer into the territory that like is stuff that I haven't read as much or am as familiar with like Eternals and, and even Dr. Strange a little bit. Um, And on the TV front, like I was never a big Moon Knight reader and we'll, we'll talk about that more later, but um, I kind of was feeling that I'm like, you know, I, I know that uh, America Chavez is a newer character and I really haven't read all that much with her in it. Um, so I'm not as familiar or don't have any nostalgia for that character. So I don't know. So there was a, just a lot going on in this movie and there was a lot of story setting at the beginning of like setting everything up. But again, once they started going... I got more into it. And let me ask I you think both. Without, uh, without spoiling, I can say that I didn't expect Scarlet Witch to be so badass. And and <laughs> let me ask you all this. I is did. saying who the villain of this movie is a spoiler? Kind of. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it might be. I didn't expect yeah. it. Yeah, okay. I won't, I won't jump into it, but that was something Which is another... I yeah, that's didn't right. really know. 
none of us, right? We've all seen the trailer. We've all seen two or three trailers at this point. And I think Jahan said it when he was given his his opinion about the movie that they did things that I didn't expect and and they didn't do things that I did expect. And there were there were things in the trailer that I was I I had certain expectations from certain elements of the movie and my expectations were wrong, but sometimes uh, they were better than what I had expected. Yes, definitely. No, definitely. Uh, some of some of the the change in who the bad guy like wasn't what I expected. That was good and bad. I liked it better than what I thought it was. And I think less than what it could have been, but um, I don't know. A lot. It's really see- hard to hate on a movie for what it could have been, though, because then we can I hate on stuff all day. I mean, I hate on stuff all day. I'm a hater. <laughs> but- the only reason you can hate on it is trying to figure out if they changed a lot of the plot. Well, they did. They had to switch the release dates for Doctor Strange and No Way Home. Both of those had to flip flop. So that's why it was actually supposed to be Doctor Strange first and then No Way Home. Mm, so that explains. That's why there's only one line that talks about it. That because, explains almost every issue I had with this movie. Yeah, so if you understand that. And then the, the director change. Mm. So that's yeah. a big deal too. So I don't know how much. They said it was obviously um, where they wanted to take the story. That's the issue they had with the, the I think Even between the studios. with that director change, which I was thinking about it during the movie. With the director change, whatever came out, However much Raimi's it was or the previous, it came out great. It came oh, out yeah. beautiful. There's oh, a ton it, of with cool all the shots. Things going against it, it came out great. I just mm-hmm. think Raimi had to deal with Feige just kind of leading the way and just let him add his element. So it wasn't really a full Sam Raimi movie, but there's a lot of elements there's from him there. There's a lot of Raimi in there. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all are, and as we're talking about this, let's kind of reel it back, because y'all are exactly right, right? Scott Derrickson was originally, he directed the first Doctor Strange. He was supposed to direct this one. Um, he left, uh, due, I believe, due to creative differences, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so Marvel had to pretty quick turn on their heels to find a new director, and they landed on Sam Raimi. Due to horror which, elements, too. That's why. They wanted someone that had horror background. And, and Raimi, coming on to do this movie, like, if you don't know your film history, like, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, because Raimi hasn't made a movie in nine years. The last movie that he had come out was Oz the Great and Powerful, which is a bad movie. Um, it's oh, not good. so bad. <laughs> and... But but Raimi, you know, like we really owe credit to him for where superhero movies are right now, period. Because, you know, X-Men had come out before Spider-Man did, but but really Spider-Man was the one that kind of launched. When did you know, Eric Bana's Hulk come out? Was that also oh, before Spider-Man? No, that was after. So that would have been 03. Yeah, it was after. Okay. 02 right. was Spider-Man. And, yeah, and when Raimi... When Raimi made Spider-Man, I mean, that was a full-on Raimi movie. Um, You know, he just wanted to tell his Spider-Man story. Remember the story is he was the director number 19, then 17, and then they were kind of like, he was at the bottom of the barrel. James Cameron was supposed to direct Spider-Man for like the longest time. And then uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is lead and he's like, no, thank you. Just pick Toby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um so Raimi coming back is is a big deal and Raimi has like a huge cult following going back to the Evil Dead days and uh and yeah Sean you're exactly right like what what you touched on is like this 
there are definitely parts of this movie where you can tell it's Raimi kind of having to be a cog in the Marvel machine of like producing the movie that's going to connect the next few movies. Thank God is the only bit I have for that. Thank God. I like Raimi, but thank God that Feige was probably up his ass for this. No, of course. But it was kind of weird because it was two different movies it felt like. Because the beginning felt like I was watching a Spider-Man movie. The way it was shot, the, the fighting, everything. Like the whole scene in the beginning with I don't know. I don't want to spoil so, anything. So what is so, the intro? <laughs> so I had just to, felt like watching a Raimi movie. Go ahead. I feel like I have something that touches on that. So without spoilers, um, it's so a, lo- a lot of the things we've talked because we talked about a lot of MCU stuff on the show. A lot of what we talk about is like the little kiss of the MCU, like being sprinkled in here and there, like in Hawkeye when the Pym arrow goes off. That's like the perfect level of mcu thrown into this low power setting yeah it was it was just it was great it was it gave it the feel it put it in the universe i feel like uh the the mcu parts in this didn't feel as well integrated like didn't feel i don't know it did feel like two different movies like it did i definitely see what you're saying there uh some of those parts just feel at odds with the rest of what was going on I loved that it felt like two different movies. You had horror in the beginning and superhero in the back half. Yeah, but just, I think my, what I'm saying, it's two different movies, how it's shot too. I think, you know, I think, I guess the second director or whatever they call the second directors that do the filming. That when it's not the main director. Either the AD or second unit. Yeah, second unit. So like, it feels like you could easily tell the difference because when Raimi's behind the camera, you know, it's Raimi, just the way he's shooting everything. Mm. And when it's and not when, him, when you when you get those Raimi moments, like those pop to me, I'm like, oh yeah, give yeah. me. There's there's a, there's an action scene in the latter half of the movie um, that really stuck out to me as being more Raimi esque, and it was one of my favorites of the action scenes in the movie. But we'll talk about that more later too. One of my favorite Marvel live action scenes of all time is in this movie. Well, should we? Should we just go ahead and and rip the bandaid off, I guess, and just yeah, and thirty go minutes of spoiler free. That's fine. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, yeah, I guess from from now from this point forward, you know, we'll, we're talking spoilers. Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell. Batman. Which I don't even think in. that's <laughs> a spoiler. I think everybody. Yes. No, thank God for Same. Bruce Campbell because that's why we have Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce got a big pop in my theater. Um, there were there were definitely mumbles and, and reactions of people, you know, knowing what was up. And he had a long funny. scene. His his scene wasn't that short, so that's what was awesome about it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah, the he's the wasn't. end credit scene too. He's the very, the the very end credits. Bro, I laughed it wasn't really hard. He was like one step more than a cameo. I felt like Sean. He you're right. He had more lines than a cameo. You know, usually it's a ring announcer or he opens a door, but this time he actually had an altercation with the main character. <laughs> um, well, uh, I guess, oh gosh, where to even start with this? Because the Illuminati stuff is obviously the big thing that people are going to talk about. But let's get to that in a second, because mm-hmm. I want to talk about what I was going to, what I was alluding to before, which is that Scarlet Witch is, is the main villain of this movie. And I mean, obviously we knew she was going to be in it. I thought it was going to be, more aligned she would be more aligned with dr strange but she i mean same full on the and full on great i mean 
for me, one of the better villains we've had in an MCU movie, Wanda being full Wanda and full on powerful. Um, and I thought her acting was really great, particularly good for a Marvel Very movie. Good. Like, I mean, me, Elizabeth Olsen was the standout of this movie uh, for how great she was. I thought she was awesome. As I think Scarlet her performances Witch. are the best in the MCU. I don't think anyone comes close to how she performs with all that emotion and everything else. I don't think anyone really... I. I think something I noticed, it, it really speaks to her, because uh, a lot of movies you'll have a villain, but you'll also have, like, the side villain, and, like, some, like, standout henchmen or something. It was just her. She 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 carried the whole movie. She was her own. She was a one-man wet wrecking crew the whole time, just straight up a terror, and uh, unfuckwithable is the term I would use. Um, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying at times. The in the way that the spells operated in the movie, the way the spells looked, and her meditating, floating above the candles, and tapping into other worlds and dreamwalking, all of that was really cool. Her taking people's minds over, just popping up behind them and whispering into their ear, just kind of sends chills down your neck. Her uh, reaching out of the mirror realm. I was yeah. going to say the reflection Jesus. scene stuck out to me. That was, like, that was, that was so close, so yeah. close to be rated R. Just so you see those elements. I'm saying like those elements were pushing it. I'm like, they have to pull back a little bit. I was like, man, go a little bit further, go a little bit more scary. I know you can't, but it's really tough. But kids have to watch this movie too. So we all knew that there was going to be a, a zombie, uh, a zombie type of thing because <laughs> of, because of the trailer. So we didn't know if it was going to be linked to Marvel zombies or what. So when she was, uh, she of course being Scarlet Witch was chasing them through the tunnels under the river. Um, and she was limping after them with the blood on her yeah. face. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the zombie thing. And it wasn't the zombie thing. But just that moment still sticks out in my head as being so terrifying. She was just on them, just destroying that body through the dream realm, uh, you know, giving it everything she had, every last inch. Uh, and, of course, the way they handled her, I thought, was really awesome, too. Oh, and I said she's just being reasonable, right? Like, they didn't get to see her full might, and her reasonable side is, like, really scary, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, well, and yeah, I, I think, has alluded in the past to, like, because, you know, we got Captain Marvel, so there was so much talk about her and her power levels back then. And then, you know, I think around the time that WandaVision came out and Feige and all of them were doing, you know, doing their press rounds, I think he did allude to, like, that Wanda was probably the most powerful character in the MCU thus far. And Easy. this was the first time we really got got to see that. And and fans of the comics know how powerful Scarlet Witch is. So, you know, it's it's not surprising House there, but M. to see it yeah. was, was pretty impressive. And then mm -hmm. also, you know, this is, I think, the first we've gotten... We're on our fifth, sixth, if you include What If, um, Marvel, you know, MCU TV series now. And WandaVision is, is now officially the first one to be kind of required reading. I was for just going to say that film. same thing. If you haven't seen WandaVision and you go to see Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, you're going to be like, <laughs> really confused. Yeah, you, you can't do it. This is WandaVision season two. <laughs> it <this> is. <laughs> right. And I think we all, you know, I started to wonder after a year of MCU shows and none of those, which I know, you know, it's a matter of time, but I didn't know how those would eventually impact the movies. And, and now we have our, our answer. Like, you, I mean, if you haven't, you can probably get through this movie without having seen WandaVision, but you're, you're not going to really get it as much. 
for sure. Uh, yeah, you'll be stumped at parts because uh, WandaVision really, I think, helps bridge the gap between Wanda and Scarlet Witch. And, and you're really going to kind of want to see what happened there, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, as far as story goes, is uh, let's touch on America Chavez. Because mm-hmm. she's... Uh, I knew that she was going to be in this movie too. I didn't realize how integral to the plot she was going to be as well. Um, and I'll be the mean one. I thought the actress that portrayed her was was pretty bad. Uh, myself. I mean, I I found her character to be almost somewhat grating. I mean, maybe that's just me, but um, the kind of like buddy relationship they were trying to set up with Dr. Strange and her just didn't really work for me. I wasn't really invested in her. So I found it hard to like really get on board with her angle of the plot. I didn't hate it or anything, but I just, I I don't know. I think this was the part of the movie that probably worked the least for me. I felt the opposite, to be honest. I actually loved her. I thought she was was good. good. Yeah. Yeah. which, Which I understand what you're saying. I don't know. I just felt like it was refreshing to see a new face just thrown at you. And she's from, I think, the Babysitter's Club on Netflix. So she she's is. really just, yeah, right? So I thought it was good to who they picked. I thought how she acted as America Travis was great. And I don't know. It's just not a that big of a character no one knows about. So I didn't have that much of a high you know, standard of how it was going to be shown on screen. I yeah, was, so I, I know that America Chavez exists, mm. right? That's that's all for me. Uh, I don't. I, I haven't played her in a video game. I haven't read a book about her. I haven't seen her in a movie or a show until now. Um, so I, I, I'm not the right person to give my opinions on the character. But it's it's our show, so I'm going to anyways. I thought that the name America Chavez is stupid, and the jacket <laughs> having stars on it is stupid, and then her punching star shaped holes to other realities is stupid. I'm sure all of that's in the books, and it's great if you're an America Chavez fan, but I'm not, and it was dumb. Uh, John, <laughs> the mic that. is yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, so the Amer- the American name is, is you know, strange to hear sometimes, but it is actually pretty common, uh, I think. In... I always want to say America Ferreira on accident. Well, yeah, America Ferreira is a great example. It's a really common name in a multiverse, too, where there might not even be an America. That's yeah. where it's really... And that's where you get your denim jacket with stars on it, too. I love... I loved America Chavez. I also went into it with the exact same level of knowledge that you have, pretty much. Uh, I might have known, like, a little bits and pieces here and there. Uh, I thought... Her sp- At first, I hated the stars as well. Like I agree, it was kind of like like come on, that's that doesn't make sense. It's like a dumb shape for a portal to be. And that's also Tony Romo's superpower. So like, get original. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was like, uh, like at first, but it actually grew on me. Um, and then when she started like using the multiversal energy to like you know have superpowers, that was really cool. Uh, I enjoyed watching a story of an uncontrollable. Uh, hero, because like that doesn't really happen too much in the MCU so far. Uh, the best example would be the Hulk, but you know he gets that crap under control uh, immediately in the MCU, pretty much. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked her. I thought it was really cool that the very first lines of this movie that were uttered were in Spanish. At first, I actually thought the theater made a mistake, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a second! Like, uh, is this supposed to be in Spanish?" But then, you know, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, that's definitely a first for Marvel and it was just cool. 
Also, uh, point of fact, the scene with uh, America Chavez's two moms that got it banned in Saudi Arabia. I was like, really? That was it? <laughs> like, they didn't even kiss. Like, it was just like, hey, two moms. And Saudi Arabia was like, no! <laughs> and, like, it's just, it was just crazy. Because I, I was watching for it. I was like, why did they get mad? And, uh, but, no, long and short, I enjoyed America Chavez. I enjoyed the buddy cop vibe they were, they, they were doing. I felt like it worked. Um, I'm actually surprised at how, well, I don't know if it's Benedict Cumberbatch or the way they write Dr. Strange or whatever, how well he, like, is, he's, like, a natural shepherd to, like, younger heroes. Like, he actually, like, really, he seems to really care. And I don't think they're doing it on purpose, but it would really feed into, like, a Strange Academy storyline. Because, you know, there is a book for, like, younger comic book readers about, like, all the supernatural children and whatnot coming under his wing in, like, an Avengers, like, X-Men style thing. And I think it would be very natural for Benedict Cumberbatch uh, from what I've seen. I will say this for, for the America Chavez perspective. I did like how her power in the film was triggered by fear. I thought that was fun, especially for all the horror elements in this film that we've we've touched on mm. like i thought that was kind of a fun twist to her power in a movie that had a lot of scary imagery that her power was triggered by fear i thought that was kind of a fun angle to her power in yeah. this so wanted to touch on that um well should we should we touch on um the illuminati should we get into all of that because this is the big thing that everybody's going to be talking uh, about what? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we can do that at some point i would like to talk about the horror a little bit uh but we can do that after the Illuminati. It kind of feeds into it, honestly. Uh, it does. So, so, of course, there's, you know, I think back during the Super Bowl when the this Doctor Strange teaser dropped during that was the first time we got the trailer where you could hear the voice of Charles Xavier and, we, you know, and the Illuminati. And we knew that was going to be a thing. And so, um, you know, I think we all kind of knew that was going to be the case. And then some of the more recent teasers showed the... Um, the shield of, of Captain Carter that had been featured in what if. So I, I, you know, was kind of onto that, but we, uh, we get the, the Illuminati in this, in this movie. And Illuminati is consisted of, um, of course, professor X, as we mm. talked about played by Patrick Stewart. It is soon it, as they showed that yellow wheelchair. Uh, like I, I wanted to scream. I wanted to clap, but I didn't want to be a, a you know, a big neighbor. I just like started stomping my foot in the theater. Like I got like four good long. stomps. Yeah, it was like what took so long? Finally, and did the X Men classic theme yes. for a split second? You get that guitar riff, and it, it was um, like slow. It was like dan, 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 dan. and it was dude. Like that moment, I was like, I get that's it. I can die happy. That's it. And my life's before complete. the Illuminati was completely revealed. Um, Doctor Strange is in the prison cell and he's talking to the other universe's girl and she says that after he died she started her work at the with, with the Baxter Foundation mm-hmm. and when she said that I turned over to Annie and I was like the Baxter building is the Fantastic Four and <laughs> you know I'm like excited as hell ready to see where that goes so uh, you, you could take it away well, Andrew what we got so we had uh, so Professor X we had Haley Atwell playing uh, Peggy Carter, you know, as Captain Carter, the the first Avenger that we had seen straight out of What If. But I'm not sure if it's had... the same one, though. Right, it, right. right? It's it a might bit... not be the exact same pack, one. Right? You did. I thought the jetpack was cool. That was, uh, that was so cool. Like a rocketeer. 
She is the <laughs> original had... Peggy Peggy Carter actress, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then we had Lashana Lynch playing uh, Maria Rambo, but as Captain Marvel in this, which you know Lashana Lynch is in Captain Marvel. She plays um, the the friend of Carol Danvers in that. Uh, excuse me, Maria Rambo is, is the character's name, uh, but plays her friend back in the 90s, and her daughter in that film is the one that grows up to be in, in WandaVision. So there's yeah. like a lot of connections there, but we get uh, Maria Rambo's Captain Marvel, and then we get uh, Anson Mount playing Black Bolt, which he is, oh he played Black Bolt in the in the uh, negatively received Inhumans TV show. That oh yeah, that show was ago. real bad though. And then, um, you know, the one that got the biggest pop in in my theater, of course, was uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. I still I, can't uh, believe it. I, still I can't can't believe it. it. I'm mine. I lost my Me mind. People talked about it for so long, and like he's like, oh no, they didn't cast. You know, like well, everything gets leaked. I'm like, how does that not get leaked? Because that was a fan casting forever, and that should have been like the first thing ever leaked That's, ever. It was like, fantastic. I was so happy. Um, yeah. So here's my question for y'all about this, because I had like a lot of th th thoughts as this was all going on, which, yes, he is the biggest piece of MCU fan casting that we've had in years. Like, that's what people have saying since the moment they announced there'd be a Fantastic Four MCU movie. Everybody was like, John Krasinski, John Krasinski. And now we finally get it in, in this movie. And my question is. Like for me, there's two ways you could you could read into it, which is one, Marvel said, okay, we hear you. Here is John Krasinski in as Reed Richards in a multiverse version of of this, where he immediately, not immediately, but like shortly thereafter, gets killed by by Scarlet Witch. Uh, and so is that Marvel being streamers? like? You know, is that Street them saying, ha ha, screw your Street fan casting? Cheese. Like, this is what we think of that? Yeah. Or is is this a sign that, you know, John Krasinski is going to be playing Reed Richards in the right. future Fantastic Four movie, which John Watts was supposed to direct, but he's recently left the project. I think so. it's taking too long. And I think he's just yeah. tired in general. I think they... that's what I was thinking, too, though. I was thinking, is this really a setup for us just to get, you know, fan service and be done with it? But then remember Doctor Strange said, I thought you disappeared like in the 60s and stuff. So like, I'm like, that's a cool, that's going to be a plot point for the movie. That it'll be either when they're starting in the 60s or they disappear and they come back. Yeah. I, I didn't actually catch that. Uh, no, so I agree. Uh, so actually this whole situation. So me and Gary play TTRPGs. One of the ones we do is a multiverse one. Uh, it's called Threefold Modern Age, whatever. Uh, we work with a company called Green Run and to put it on. And it's a multiverse. Gary had a complaint uh, about multiverses a long time ago. Uh, and like, I was like, no, that's dumb. I kind of get it now. Uh, his complaint was like, when you're traveling, like the stakes are different because like you go to another world, whatever happens there, who the hell cares? You go to a new world and it's like a reset button. Yeah. Uh, it stays there. So your repercussions <laughs> in a multiverse yeah. are, are not always a cool, fun, high stakes thing. Sometimes it seems like it didn't matter at all. Like watching the entire Illuminati get shredded. That's a really big high stakes thing. The Illuminati is a lot more than people in a boardroom judging Doctor Strange yeah. for being mean. Like, that's that's a catastrophic thing that happened. But the movie kind of threw it away. Exactly. And, and that's what I started to, feeling. What you were on our Earth, that doesn't though. matter, I think. 
it's like on an earth they just want to throw out there. That's exactly right. One that's just, uh, it's just trash writing. You could just write whatever you want in that trash world, and then you can delete it the next scene when you leave it, which is fun, but also it changes the stakes in a lot of ways. Um, Drew, you were saying, did they fan cast John Krasinski say, there you go, you got it, goodbye, or do we get him again? Um, in to me, in the, the multiverse, question. every single actor has the same face in every multiverse. Except, except, except for Loki. <laughs> Loki and Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, even Doctor Strange had the same face across. So hopefully we'll get to keep John Krasinski's same face. So, uh, if my understanding of multiversal theory based on Rick and Morty is anything... <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, well that's that should that's be it. That's that's a textbook. So they base it yeah, off of uh, what they call expert opinion, like the central finite curve, right? And so uh, reality branches off from your dimension incrementally, right? So when you're traveling the multiverse, it would stand to reason that everyone would have the same face as everyone in the, each dimension until you start getting to fringes outside of this yeah game. and that's where you would get to the weird multiverses where like everything was made of paint or yeah. <laughs> everyone was cheese yeah absolutely it seems yeah honestly like i don't know if that's an indication that her power is special not just because she can travel the universe but because she can skip like over dimensions she doesn't go in order because that's what it seemed like to me and that's really cool uh, well, i think the fall pit was from her just being scared constantly and it just kept opening and opening Right. And Sean, did you uh, did you catch anything on your second view through of those portals that they were flying through the different multiverses the first time? That's a good question. Yeah, there's nothing exciting I saw. I didn't see anything that was like, oh, they're a cool Easter egg. I'm like, eh, they're just not as important or anything that was. No people having sex in the background. Or <laughs> didn't see like the Milano flyby or anything. Well, that's why I was disappointed about. Like, I feel like the multiverse of madness but like there wasn't that much multiverse yeah well, they should have had a howard the duck somewhere there should have been a, yeah. a, a frog thor you know like, mcguire somewhere i mean just like just pop oh, toby mcguire yeah. like seeing them fall past i would have lost my mind i would have be like that's so not hard. the weirdest thing he's probably like, like that's not the weirdest thing that's happened to me lately he's like, huh. <laughs> seeing dr strange he's, fly he by he just waves <laughs> it's like hey With steven multiverse stuff i mean like you we get the big montage like y'all talked about where you see all these different ones where like they're made of paint and they're animated and this and that like you see all those but then i mean really this movie takes place in 616 which is named as 616 in my theater too um and then the the one that we're talking about where he go you know where kind of a lot of the story takes place with the Illuminati. That's like the, you know, so there's 616, there's 838, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, where a lot of that story takes place. And then there's the third one where there's kind of the evil version or more evil version of Doctor Strange. And then it's back to the beginning. I mean, really, it's just kind of three realities that yeah. we really, that the movie really takes place in. So when you think about it in hindsight, you know, that's that's pretty contained considering the potential of of the multiversal the, the potential of infinite yeah mm -hmm. that could have been um, crazy uh but yeah so talking about, I, I loved him dr strange telling oh and i i, I didn't mention um uh uh she Ezio for as 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 carl mordo baron mordo who he's also part of the illuminati yeah. um in 
this reality. But anyway, I loved him, you know, Doctor Strange warning them of, of Wanda and, and the threat that she possessed and the Illuminati disregarding it. And then they finally do go head to head with her and how she does shred them apart. It gave me Deadpool 2 vibes of when Deadpool puts together the X-Force and they all just immediately die. Of course, that was <laughs> way more comical in the approach to it. And this was way more brutal. This is the one I was talking about when I said one of my favorite live-action Marvel fights of all time is in this movie. It was awesome. The the fight between Scarlet Witch and the Illuminati, I could probably watch three, four, five times in a row. It is funny, but it's gross, it's brutal, it's violent, it's cool. Um, It reminded me of, like, Invincible or The Boys with the level of violence that they pushed it to. I cannot believe they didn't break that R rating. First thing opens up Black Bolt, uh, which, John, do you mind letting everybody know what Black so Bolt's real name, name is? His name isn't Black Bolt because it matches his powers. It is short for Blackagar Boltagon. <laughs> FYI, just so you know. Blackagar Boltagon. That's a Stanley name. Well, they call it Black you. Bolt for short. <laughs> but the first thing Scarlet Witch does is take away his mouth. Um, and then he blows up his own brain, and you, like, see his skull collapse and cave in you as he slumps You can see floor. his head full of pudding! Yeah, like, oh, oh, Like, cringeworthy violence. Like, something that put my teeth on edge, because, like, it was... I was... That, that was crazy, man. And then, all in the same fight, it continues on to have... Uh, Reed Richards shredded like confetti, like string cheese, just ripped across it was the very room. Festive, complete uh, with a little, a little pop, yeah, little pops. <laughs> yeah. his head. Then his brain popped at the end. That's right. Um, you can't forget Captain Britain getting cut in half right. with her own shield. Yeah, they didn't pretty actually pretty show her getting cut in half, but they showed the shield throw. They showed the bloody shield hit the wall. Uh, they showed you everything except for the actual. Kind of get that little like the pause on her face after and you kind of see the slide like you yeah. know she was disemboweled oh, yep uh just <laughs> at, at, what a what a treat that scene was and if this is marvel's new how far they can push the i don't know is this how far they can push the envelope of violence or is this just for doctor strange to multiverse of madness uh, because that's borderline gruesome. They're bringing Deadpool into the MCU. I don't think that this is the end of MCU violence. And also, like, uh, I hear that the Punisher uh, is MCU canon now, too. And all, all those Netflix shows. And those are gore fest. Those are brutal. And maybe it's just... Yeah, maybe they're, they're doing a little bit of naughtiness, you know? Uh, some of the stuff I liked about the Illuminati... Oh man! So yeah, the scene, Gary, you're absolutely right. One of the best fight scenes ever. Uh, Peggy Carter was fantastic. I loved it. I loved every second of that. It was it was magical for me. Uh, I was really excited when Black Bolt was introduced as the keeper of the Terrigen Mists. Uh, my mom called me a nerd after I explained it to her. Uh, <laughs> she, I was explaining the the Inhumans to her, and she was like, "You're such a nerd." You uh, definitely are a nerd. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. You're you're a big nerd. I am. At least I'm not the mayor of Nerdtropolis over here. You're you're a proud citizen of Nerdtropolis. I am a proud <laughs> citizen. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, but yeah, no, those those are some of the, my favorite parts about the Illuminati. Uh, I definitely, man, Gary already talked about it, but Charles Xavier, dude, that was 
everything I've ever wanted. The the yellow wheelchair, man. The yellow cartoon wheelchair. It made so the me cartoon so... is canon, and it's coming back as X Men '97. Hell so... yeah, it is. So I'm excited for that. Mm, mm. I did see a funny tweet or Reddit post or something though of like how many times can they kill Patrick Stewart as Professor X in these movies because he died in the X Men franchise and he died in Logan and now he died in <laughs> in Doctor Strange. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> the way that he died um, was fantastic. He he tries to go into Scarlet Witch's mind and tries to set her free. Um, and finds Wanda there, trapped by Scarlet Witch, afraid, scared under rubble. And as he's trying to pull her out, Scarlet Witch breaks his neck in the mind verse, and it breaks his neck in real life. And a Freddy Krueger ass. Freddy Krueger his ass. Yeah. yeah, she Freddy Kruegered him. That was sick. It was awesome. I was on board the whole movie. Like I'm telling you guys, I, I loved it. There's not a scene she... we've talked about yet that I didn't love. This movie was great that's fair it, i i liked it a lot i do have issues with it uh and i'll get to him uh but yeah no she beat him on his home turf that's that's where he's strongest and she walked in there and murdered him uh, well, Patrick and, Stewart's also really old now so professor x can't be that strong <laughs> he looked and, so frail when he was walking i was like man, he really did yeah he i was really like man did. he age has caught up with him but he's still awesome john i kept thinking the whole time too that with her power she was also dreamwalking. So was, yeah. it, it yes. wasn't even Scarlet Witch. It was an avatar of Scarlet Witch in a multiverse that she was sort of able to remote control. Yes. So <laughs> we still didn't see her full power. She defeated, and without yeah. her full power, she broke Professor X's neck in a, a mental battle like while she's meditating. You know what I mean? She's just the power level on her oh, is I love crazy. Scarlet Witch, man. Uh, Real quick on the gore. Yeah, the gore part was in the beginning with the creature and the eyeball. That's when you know it's going to get good when they had that scene when the eyeball popped out of the monster. So yeah, like, there okay, were audible is... groans. <laughs> yeah, when that started, I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I think even before that, in that in the very opening action scene, Doctor Strange gets stabbed oh, yeah. through his it's thigh, true. and you see that? I mean, that, that was pretty brutal, too. Um, I, I think, you know, we're... Gary, you were just saying how all these scenes we've talked about you loved and, and everything was great. I think the thing, there's a there's a main character that we haven't even really talked about. And I think this is some of the stuff that doesn't work as much either. But Rachel McAdams is in this movie reprising her role from the first Doctor Strange movie. And she's kind of the, you know, the romantic interest. And, and going back to the beginning, it, you know, it starts with Doctor Strange is at her wedding, which obviously she's marrying someone else because they, they didn't work out. And that then leads into the, like a big action scene that happens. But like for me, it's just the the kind of forced reconnection of them. And I, I don't know. I just uh, like I love Rachel McAdams, and I'm uh, you know I'm glad that she's here getting paid. But like I think just from a, like from a story perspective, is she really needed there? Like probably not. Um, if she wasn't there, where would? Hit the broken watch from Drew if she didn't if she doesn't there in every universe to give him a watch in every timeline but when as, they fall in love. As Drew and was it, saying what he was saying, I was thinking, oh well, what about the upcoming Thor movie? That's a forced reconnection. <laughs> that's that's that though is is I think way different. Yeah, um, it is different, but it just reminded me of that for reasons that we know. But I'm looking forward to that one. But yeah, I mean, me it's too. just like even in the so uh, you know another thing 
I, I spoke in the non-spoilers about a, a, a Raimi-esque action scene that I really enjoyed, and we haven't talked about that either, but that's the Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange fight in the latter half of the movie with the, the floating music notes and everything, which to me, that was um, very Raimi-esque and the, the kind of ghosts and things that were attacking during all that. Like, I really liked all of that. There was, talking about Rachel McAdams, there was a part where there were some close-ups on her face as she's getting attacked by these ghosts. And I just kept thinking, like, I, you know, it was very Raimi-esque in those shots. And I just kept thinking, I hope she got a nice paycheck. That's all I could think is, like, you know, <laughs> Y'all are having Rachel McAdams yell at the camera as she's getting attacked by ghosts. I'm like, I just hope that she she got a nice <laughs> nice payday out of it. So, um, but I thought that whole action scene uh, was very cool. The setting of it with all the candles and everything. I, I don't know. I thought that was very very stylish, and it was the the most. It seems like they let Raimi be Raimi, in my opinion. I was in the bathroom. Well, thank you for that input, Jahan. <laughs> I did see the music part. I came back from the ghosts. Man. It wasn't that long. I, I know uh, Gary said the movie was too long, but I thought it can go for another 30 minutes. I think that's also what affected it overall was I thought it was too short. I could uh you know, I'm okay with a long movie, but I think that movie theater intermission needs to come back. I'd like yeah. to get up, stretch my legs, go get some more popcorn and some soda and not feel like I'm going to miss anything. How and long then I'll in, go back in. How long in do you need a intermission? It was like two hours and what, six minutes? But you, obviously with trailers and stuff, it's... And I, definitely one of the shorter MCU movies. They've all been pushing 215 to 220, some even going, you know, yeah. two and a half hours. I think, I think No Way Home was, was pushing 240. Was it? Yeah, yeah almost three. So... Um, I don't know. I thought the runtime for this one was refreshing myself. I thought it, it I mean, you're right. It probably could have gone a little bit longer could, and maybe resolved things a little more. bit better, but um, mm -hmm. I don't Perfect know. I'm not complaining about it being shorter. That's usually something that I advocate for is like, if you need your movie to be short, make it short. It's fine with me. I think that movie was the perfect length. And you guys were talking about some pacing issues towards the beginning. And I had the exact opposite thought. Um, Dr. Strange goes to talk to Scarlet Witch and she's in the apple uh, orchard. And then she's like, I'm coming. And he's like, oh, shit. And he goes back home. And then she's there. Like, there's like a two-minute <laughs> scene and she's there. They didn't make that last 30 minutes of knowing she was coming. They didn't have a bunch of conversations about preparing sure. and defense. They were just like, bam, bam, she's here. Let's go. And I was, I was, I loved that pacing. I thought that was fire. So one of the things, it's not, so it's not like a deal breaker. It didn't make me hate the movie or anything. But one of the things that. I was a little upset about was her powers. Um, specifically, like, I feel like she just doesn't need to be like, look at me, shoot energy bolts anymore. You know what I mean? When she was doing, like, the witch stuff, like, where she was coming out of the mirror dimension, where she was, like, when she invaded that shield guy's mind and made him run, that was awesome. That was That was so cool. And, like, because all of that sends, like, chills. You know what I mean? It's that witch magic on screen needs to give you chills. And, like, she doesn't need to shoot energy blasts. There's no point. She's stronger than that. And I feel like it's just, like, cinema. She needs to do a fight thing. Here's energy blast. You know what I mean? I think all of her magic needed to be just a little bit more witchy. Uh, and at times it very much is. I thought her magic was pretty cool in that they didn't make it, like, a sexy, flashy thing. 
They didn't try to be like, look how sexy she is when she and she does her magic. It looked yes. like real magic. It looked like she was slinging spells, and then the witch stuff was super creepy. Uh, I thought they, I thought they did a good job. You're right. Maybe she doesn't need to throw around red lasers anymore. Yeah, but if doctors, if Doctor Strange is going to throw around gold shields, and he's that powerful, I guess she could throw around red lasers. But she's so much stronger than he is. But neither one of them should be making basic attacks against each other. They Fair. should both be going big time spell hammer. They should against be summoning the hot, the fire, the living flame from the elemental plane to recap. Yeah, they should be doing crazy stuff. I agree. Does Doctor Strange to... need his sling all the time to do things? Because I, I remember it disappeared on him and he needed it. Like so, he can't yeah, do anything. Yeah, one point he mentioned sling? like, "Oh, I don't have my sling," or he needed yes. a sling. One of yeah, one of the things that, that they have stated is like one of the rules is that the only way to do that portal is with a sling ring. Uh, and I guess it doesn't have to do oh. with power level. I feel like he should be able to do it if anyone could. But speaking but. of sling ring, I had heard somewhere we we talked about this, but because release orders got shifted and this was originally supposed to come out. Before No Way Home, I think I had heard that America Chavez was supposed to be in No Way Home and would be the one that would, you know, was going to be opening the portals for for the other Spider-Man to come through. And then because of the release date shifts, that's why they had to give the sling ring to Ned <laughs> in that, that movie so that he could do out like that just kind of goes to show some of the story shifting that they had. That would have made both um, movies better. I don't know, I think it worked, but there was a lot of writing for the No Way Home, like continuous writing and changes. I'm surprised how great that movie was with how kind of not behind, but they were like working as they were shooting and trying to figure out the story. And then Dr. Strange here, they said they didn't know what the ending was going to be, which. <laughs> yeah, Raimi, Raimi's interviews They're... leading up to this have been kind of interesting because he's almost like, um, what's the right way to put it? Where he's basically kind of like, Pre was almost pre apologizing for the movie before it came out because he was saying things like what you said, like yeah. yeah at one point we were filming this and I we didn't know what the ending was going to be and there that is no ending. He hadn't even seen WandaVision, I think, <laughs> at one point. Like they told him how what happened in WandaVision, but Raimi hadn't even watched it. You know, like weird things like that. <laughs> I thought was interesting. That uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness um, at the end of everything. At the end of the movie, I'm not sure if anything happened during that entire movie. I think it was just kind of a trip just to... All they did was make Scarlet Witch stop. That's what it was. It was a movie about making Scarlet Witch stop doing it. I was like, said, it's like season two. It's just season two. Of, it's just a continuation of her story, really, was what it is. It wasn't really mm -hmm. a Doctor Strange movie. The end credits is like, here you go, we're going to make one. <laughs> it was an end credit scene with him. <laughs> yeah, you get more growth out of Scarlet Witch and Wanda in this movie almost than you do out of out of Doctor Strange by by the end of it. Um but yeah, I mean I thought I thought she was the true standout of this and I I'm excited to see more. And you know, she Elizabeth Olsen I think was fine in the previous movies but just had less to do and then WandaVision really got to put her on a stage where we could see how great she was and I think that that really gave Elizabeth Olsen a boost and then seeing this one here it just kind of confirmed that like oh yeah, that oh, yeah. she's deserving of, of the praise of absolutely my friend was asking like where's Vision in the other world I'm like he's at work <laughs> he's not there to, <laughs> he's at his office job like <laughs> of course he's not gonna he's not he's busy he's making money <laughs> right uh, um did you guys 
when I was talking about the the trailers, how they misled us, but sometimes it was a pleasant surprise. Um, zombie Doctor Strange. <laughs> I like thoughts. Yeah, thoughts on Zombie Doctor Strange. It was cool, and there were some parts where it looked like they used some practical makeup effects on him and everything. Like, I thought, I, I really, I had known that was coming from the trailers, too, and I thought it was just going to be a multiverse dimension of zombies. But then when it clicked, when they started talking about him dreamwalking and dreamwalking into a dead body, and w- when I realized where they were going with it, I was like, I actually thought that was a pretty, a pretty fun twist in the story and to do that and how they had set the pieces up earlier in the in the movie i thought that was that was really smart and uh they had also the, really set up with the multiverse and the stuff that we already knew you know with using uh pamela carter that that we wait no peggy captain carter. america peggy carter peggy. we we knew that they were going to use some multiverse or some some what if stuff and so we knew they were going to use what if we had seen zombie Doctor Strange, so you can only assume they're going to go to the zombie multiverse. That's that's exactly which, what I thought. Which is, yeah, they they kind of teed it up that way on purpose, I think, and they misled us. And then it turns out zombie Doctor Strange is the hero. Uh, he's the big finale boss fight, which is super <laughs> cool when he gets all the tormented souls under control and makes them into the cloak. Uh, oh, man, all of that looked cool. It was just like visually that's what i'm looking for when i read a comic book right i don't want good doctor strange i just want that version uh flying on the souls of the damned that's that's my kind of hero that was it was awesome yeah it was absolutely as a fan of necromancy in just any setting i was thrilled uh he looked great i am a fan of zombies drew uh <laughs> and i loved i love the the practical effects and just the fact that the souls from hell we're chastising him. They're like, you, you're defiling this corpse. You can't do this. And then like attacked him. And he was like, and then someone reminded him that he's Dr. Strange. I believe Rachel McAdams. And he was like, oh yeah. And he just tames the hell spirits into being his cloak. Uh, was dope. Sean, often have you ever had a, a friend or acquaintance start a thought or, or sentence with, as a fan of necromancy, because that was a first for me just now. Yeah, I'll say you must like Doug Jones and um, Hocus Pocus. Very mm. Doug, Doug Jones esque of um, that type of makeup they were doing. It was yeah, he's Probably, great oh, in yeah. that movie. I love anything with zombies in it. Yeah, I am a fan of necromancy, Drew. What of it? <laughs> um, I think the other big spoiler thing that we haven't talked about yet was um, the mid credit scene. Um, we get the, well, you know, of course, because of his, his dream walking into the dead body, he gets the third eye. I'm not really sure exactly what the weight of that is or what that means, but now Dr. Strange got a third eye. Um, but then he has, so that did last he get scene. the third eye from walking into the dead body or did he get it from the evil book? In... Yeah, the, the evil book. I think yeah, using yeah. The, I, the dark cold or whatever. I whatever actually think that it represented the fact that he was becoming at peace like with himself and it helped him awaken his spiritual awareness. Why did the other one have it then too? Same thing then? Oh, did the other one have it? Okay. Yeah. yeah evil Dr. Strange had it. Oh yeah. The music fight was awesome. Drew, you talked about it earlier, but I forgot to confirm how <laughs> dope that was. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we see in that mid credit scene that he's approached by, by someone and is told that he created an incursion 
And of course, this someone is uh, Charlize Theron playing That's crazy, <laughs> playing Clea. Is that how you say it, Clea? Yeah. Um, who is a, you know I'm not as familiar with that character, but a, you know is a pretty prominent Doctor Strange character from the past. I think like a like an occasional ally. Is that his um, wife at some point? I think you're yes. I think you're right. And so um, she's there wearing full on purple witch gear and and purple eyeliner makeup and you know all that. So. Now we've got Charlize Theron jumping out of the the Fast and Furious universe and into the the MCU in the Doctor Strange universe. That's wild. It it caught me off guard. I didn't know she was going to be in the movie. Uh, it was a pretty big cameo. <laughs> Charlize Theron's in the MCU now, and yeah, I thought she was going to be a different character. I thought she was going to uh, what's her name Bloodstone. Uh, I thought that that's what was going on, but I was like, she looks weird. So yeah, I looked it up and found out a little bit. More. I felt bad in that scene because I was like, I don't know what character that's supposed to be. That <laughs> looks like some kind of dumbass Asgardian character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I it's it was fun to see her there. There's a part of me that's like, did we really need this at the? I mean, like like they had just. No. And this good job of wrapping no. up the story and then it's like oh no. and here's your next adventure and jumping into a portal like you know okay i get it you know it's the mcu you gotta have that that post credits tease of of something but um that world they jump into look cool too that world it, it looked kind of like the uh dormammu plane yeah plane, yeah that we, in the first doctor strange movie i'm more excited for that movie than <laughs> i can look like we're gonna get some cool stuff wherever they go up. Are there any other thoughts on that? I feel like we've talked about a lot. So, like, the, the biggest issue I had with the movie, you guys kind of nailed early, uh, so I didn't have much to say, but the fact that Spider-Man came out before this and has to do with the multiverse breaking, and then this movie is about the multiverse and it had nothing to do with it, bothered the crap out of me. I was very upset. I was like, but then you guys explained why. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, the multiverse magic didn't look the same. The portals didn't look the same. It looked like it was completely unrelated to any other multiversal movie that Marvel's ever made, which is really weird because it came out right after the other multiverse movie. You'd think they would have used the same sort of visual uh, for the the multiverse, but... Uh, America's power was like white and blue and star shaped and Doctor Strange when he fractured the multiverse was this uh, arcane purple crack. Uh, I think the arcane purple crack magic looked a whole lot better than the flashing white and blue star archway. I swear they were telling us that the end of No Way Home actually like leads into Doctor Strange but there was no lead in or anything. No there was no yeah. like nothing like that's what kind of irked me the most, but it's it forgivable. bothered me a lot. It bothered me a lot, especially, like, Kevin Feige's been so good about linking these movies seamlessly, perfectly, every time. And, like, I have a lot of trust in his process, but, like, I was let down here. Uh, it just, it felt, honestly, like, this movie, all you had to watch was WandaVision. You had to watch so, it, any of the other um, MCU. <laughs> Yeah. Also, he doesn't come across any other heroes, right? We knew exactly. Wanda was going to be in it. But other than that, it's just Wong. It's just Wong and, and Wanda and Doctor Strange. You get the other, the Illuminati, right? But we talked about how they didn't matter in that multiverse. They're all dead. They didn't matter. Cool cameo. But now it's in the trash. As awesome as it was, as hyped as it got me, 
it didn't matter because they threw it in the garbage. So show me those characters in another movie now where I can be happy that they're part of your canon. But right now, all you did was uh, really kind of take that away from me. You showed me what I don't have. And I don't appreciate that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And like during the, the fight with the Shimagorath monster, in New York, it would have been cool if like a hero had showed up, been like, "Hey, what's going on?" It would have been cool if Wayne Wanda was coming. You know, Spider Man. Since Spider Man had just had a movie and was probably right down the street, since they both live in New York. Yeah, it would have been so cool for them to run into each other. Now that he doesn't know who he is, that would have been great. It would have really made me happy. Uh, he could have enlisted the help of the people from uh, the Shang Chi movie to help defend against Wanda. You know what I mean? That would have been cool. There were so many. They just didn't use any of the things that they've been using to make the MCU what it is. They didn't use any of it. And it was weird. I don't know. (laughs) It was just, it felt different. This movie was very different. I liked it. It was a good movie. I'll watch it again. I think everyone should go watch it. It was dope. Uh, And, like, we were talking earlier about the horror elements. uh, And, like, I kind of touched on what I meant when I was like, she shouldn't have used lasers. I felt like they could have turned the horror up, man. She was so good. She was terrifying. I think that I would I would have watched like them hide out in the cabin in the woods from her and like creepy stuff. Just she wasn't a person anymore, man. She was a demon. She acted like a, a Judeo Christian demon, and it was frightening. And it was cool. Uh, but yeah, those are my gripes. I feel like they're pretty legitimate, but. All in all, I like the movie. So, I have a question for you, Sean, because in your review of the movie, you said that you kind of had some some wariness or hesitation about where the where Marvel Studios was going beyond this. And I know you've seen it again, so you kind of have different thoughts. But I, I'm curious to see, and it it can it's probably what, some things we've already talked about. But what were you alluding to with that, or what what was giving you hesitation and pause? Well, now with all the TV shows and the movies, it's like really not confusing per se, but it's like all over the place. I feel like there's, mm-hmm. I feel like when we had Endgame and or Infinity War and Endgame, I was like, these are cinematic masterpieces. But I feel like quality wise, it's kind of being juggled weirdly, where some things are being really taken care of closely. Like I feel like No Way Home, I know it's a joint effort, but I was like, they really tried. Watch WandaVision now because I didn't think she was going to turn that evil that. You know, and then apparently if the farm was right? fake, and if the farm is fake, I swear they showed the farm intact like she drove to it. So obviously she's imagining it. I have to rewatch that because I was kind or of confused. she burned it all down in a rage or something. But yeah, yeah I so I'm confused she, with that transition. I kind of thought she bit. ended WandaVision in a decent spot mentally. Well, um, like, like we saw, go away. Like, like we said, uh, Raimi didn't watch it. <laughs> so that well, could have something I, to do with it. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Sean. And and I think this that's what I was saying at the beginning when I was questioning, you know, am I a casual fan now? Because we've finally reached this point where we've had so many movies in the past and then now all these TV shows and you're watching and it's finally hit that point where you almost feel like you have to do your homework to see one of these movies. And, and you know, I've seen WandaVision over a year ago now and... and I still was kind of having to be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is that, and this is that. And uh, it almost comes across a little bit exhausting. Uh, I'm going to keep watching these shows, but um, like you said, we'll talk about Moon Knight, which I have a lot of very mixed thoughts on. But um, 
like for example, Miss Marvel's coming out and she's gonna be in Marvel. So if you don't watch Miss Marvel coming out, then you're not gonna know anything about Marvels, you know? Right. And it's and who really it's I mean, it's kind of gonna be more a kid based show. So like a grown up really probably might not watch that show. Because it's very kid based and made for kids, I think it's going to be. So not everything is for a certain age group, I feel or for a bigger age range. Now it's like for certain age groups what they're making. They're using a lot of these T V shows and movies to set up really it seems like the tv shows to set up for a potential young avengers of some sort um now that you have between hawkeye and um you know you've got wanda's kids and you've got uh, uh i'm i'm blanking kamala, Khan. Brain. kamala Khan coming out and then even america chavez as well like you Miles have Morales. The, the makings of there for a, a young Avengers of sorts, it seems like they're they're setting up. But, is that, you know, would that be a show? Would that be a movie? Because most of those characters have been introduced in the shows. And, and I don't know. I, it's just it's interesting. You're starting show. to get this into this really gray territory. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, we got you know, secret. Well, you got Secret Invasion coming out, too. I forgot about that. And so Armor just... Wars. Yeah, Armory Wars, right? Yeah, Armory Wars, I think is what it is. Is it Armory or Armor? Armor, Armor Wars. Oh, okay. I almost feel like Secret Invasion, it's been so long since they touched on any of the scroll stuff. I almost yeah, exactly. feel like Secret Invasion is going to be weird when it comes out like Black Widow was, where you're like, wait, what the hell? Like, <laughs> this, shouldn't this have come out like three years ago? What yeah. is this? Uh, but I guess that is kind of the whole point like of Avatar, the Secret Invasion, the anyways. <laughs> Yeah, right. I guess, but the whole thing of the secret invasions, you're supposed to forget about them, right? And then there they are. That's the whole point of the secrets. So uh, I don't know. I just feel like this is where they should have been focusing on it, right? They took us to this multiverse trip for no reason. They Spider-Man multiversed us for basically no reason. And now we have to figure out how to get back on track for secret invasion because we've just been playing around in multiverses in the meantime. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was talking about earlier when I said that thing about your complaint about multiverse games like that's exactly what i was talking about because it feels like no progress whatsoever has been made in two movies and that's crazy you know what i mean like every other movie like things are like i thought the multiverse was going to introduce like multiversal dealings as a regular thing you know what i mean uh or yeah, some like sort of watcher or some deep space entities or gods but or like no. a group of dimensional people that live here now like something like anything maybe use it to introduce x-men in humans they did do that no they did that in morbius they put the vulture <laughs> They put the vulture living. <laughs> they said he they it can cross. He can cross over the op- opposite way. I, and, I missed that one, unfortunately. Yeah. So apparently that vulture is the MCU vulture, and that he transferred to the Morbius world, and he was just like, that's just weird. See, that's what I'm saying. It it's made a, no sense. Cohesive. It no. was so strange. Is uh, oh yeah, I I literally <laughs> rolled my eyes in the theater at that scene. Like, I, and I'm I'm not even saying that metaphorically. Like, my eyes legitimately rolled into the back of my head during that scene. Uh, hold up, hold up. You guys know how they're making a Craven movie, right? I had this great idea the other day. So Predator is Marvel property now, as of like <laughs> two years ago. What about Craven versus Predator? Dude, I would wa- that would be fantastic. Listen, right. Gary, that will come out before Craven versus Spider-Man. Trust me. <laughs> they will never bring in Spider-Man into these movies for some reason. They cut out all Spider-Man in any of these Spider-Man 
spinoffs. It makes zero sense. It yeah, no sense at all. Sense. Hey, will this will this stand on its own when you cut off the the main subject matter? No, of course <laughs> not. Here's the reason I think they should make a Craven Predator movie because Predator is already established, and everybody in America and a bunch of nerds know exactly who Predator is and how badass Predator is. Craven is a side Spider-Man character who's pretty easy to laugh at because he's a kind of a silly wild man. But if you have a movie where this wild man takes on this predator that we know is a badass the whole time and barely wins in the end, well, then you might think that this guy has yeah. different rabbit holes here. I'm gonna I like this. Bad. I was going to follow up, but though <laughs> Loki season two is filming soon. Is that predator? <laughs> it should have predator. <laughs> yeah, it does. The crocodile is the predator. Right? <laughs> But at the end of season one of Loki, is what's happening at that same time? Is that No Way Home? Like what? We don't see that in Doctor Strange at all. What? Whatever's happening in the sky and all that stuff. So I'm just. That's where I think, Drew, to your point, is I'm confused with Marvel. They're taking steps back because of that. They set up something, but they're not going full in, and it's just confusing. Of it's so weird. Yeah. Well, and and there were like to even go further back into rumors, which I I don't have all the sources on this, but I've I've read about it a little bit. But there were rumors early on that during the filming of of so going way back to Iron Man, Tom Cruise was like a big fan casting oh, yeah. for Tony Stark. And, you know, of course, Robert Downey Jr. ended up getting that role. But there were like hardcore rumors before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that with the Illuminati that Tom Cruise might be in it as the superior Iron Man. And the reason of that, though, Drew, is there's these sources that people trust. This is going back to this clickbait thing. And I know who was leaking those things. I'm like, these are people that are pretending but it would have been nice, but it makes sense. He's not going to do it. I mean, you could have a picture of him in, like, in a for newspaper, sure. maybe. You could probably ask for the, permission for those, that. Those sources were going as far as to say, like, he was actually on the set at one point. Like, it was a thing, and then it didn't happen. And so then that makes the rumors come out even more of, like, okay, well, then was John Krasinski added at the last second, as, you know, because of the fan could casting? Be. And, could and be, could, actually. And, and, you know, because it could have been other people um, in that spot. But I don't know. It's it's all a bunch of rumors and things, but it's just worth noting just right. how much that parts of this movie's movie were maybe kind of cobbled together at, at the last second. I don't well, know. It's just... It reminds me of when, um, because obviously Scott Derrickson left. So it reminded me of like Ant-Man when um, Peyton Reed left for the second, right? He didn't do the second one, did he? Edgar Wright was supposed to direct the first one, right, he and loved- then that was a big public, you know, exiting of, of that movie. So it's this is common for Marvel to have these creative differences where I wish maybe they would help at the end if they kept the director on board for certain things, yeah. you know. I feel like creative differences is Marvel's way of saying right now that you're going to do it Kevin Feige's way. Yeah. He's, oh, it is, 100%. Yeah, he's had his hand in everything, and so... To give it to these other directors and not, if you have creative differences, sorry, director, you have to go. This is my project. This has been my project for 20 movies. Yeah. I love you, but this is bigger than you. This is my movie franchise. I think the reason that, that is, is because these directors are using a lot of the comics as source material. But Kevin Feige's like, we're making our own version. They're making like a, bri- which I love. It's brilliant. They're like not really using comics. They don't want to replicate the comics. They're building a brand new world we haven't seen. Their 616 is completely different than what it is in the comics. 
And uh, you could probably see that in Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, what Quantumania, they're doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. How they used Kang as, um, and Loki in the comics, that's not the same person at all. They use like a different person's name. Um, so they're just creating like from a blank canvas, to be honest. And it's working. Hey. And they like hiring these auteur filmmakers, which is great, you know, from a film fan perspective, but they're hiring those filmmakers not to make a Sam Raimi movie or not to make an Edgar Wright movie. We want you to make a Marvel movie. We want you to make a Kevin Feige it, movie. Which, which I think is what leads to these bashes. Obviously, we've seen a lot of that happen even more so on the Star Wars front with how many directors they've hired that have left or even been fired midway through production like what happened on solo so it's just you know honestly a guy like john favreau is is the perfect guy for these types of marvel movies because you know i like john favreau a lot and obviously he's doing great things on the the star wars tv front with the mandalorian and all that but he is like a perfect jobber for disney studio work with having done iron man iron man 2 and then um the jungle book and and the lion king and like he's He's not making like an auteur John Favreau movie. Like he's making a Disney movie. Like that. Yeah, he's kind of studio perfect... films. Yeah, they're studio films, a hundred percent. And everything and, you named is good. And he set the tone mm -hmm. for MCU. I mean, he made more Iron Man. That's the first MCU movie, and and really set like what the visual expectations were and everything. Like he's a perfect guy for that kind of thing. But like having Chloe Zhao make an Eternals movie, um that came out right after her Oscar win for a movie that's, that's very much different from anything that Marvel's put out. I don't know. It's just, it's an, it's an interesting choice and Eternals wasn't my favorite movie, but I still think highly of Chloe Zhao. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very interesting what they're doing. Eternals was awful. Eternals could have been better. Um, well, let's, uh, let's move on so that we don't, we don't run too, too long. Um, cause we're already running a little long. Uh, into Moon Knight, uh, because that finale just aired earlier this week. And, um, I'm curious to hear what y'all thought of the series and for, and I'll say for this, since the premiere or excuse me, since the finale has already aired, um, the show's been on for a while. Let's just say full spoilers up front for this, um, for Moon Knight, since we'll be kind of touching on everything. Although to be honest with y'all, I don't really have that much to say about it but i will kick to our guest first once again so sean what did you think of <laughs> i'm with you drew like i watched every episode probably six o'clock in the morning was when they aired while i'm working in the background and trying to watch and i'm just like it's not working for me i don't know why that's back to what we're saying i'm like not being an mcu fanboy anymore like that's so weird i was so excited for it it's a really good show. It's smart, very Fight Club-esque, obviously. You know, that's you know how the comics were for the personalities. But I don't know. It just didn't grab me. Some of these TV shows aren't grabbing me for some reason. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that Oscar Isaac in it is great. I think his performance is excellent. I think he's really good in it. As far as the Marvel shows go, probably... The, one of the best performances from any of the shows, but probably between him and Elizabeth Olsen, honestly, it just if you're putting all those shows together. But that being said, I mean, other than Oscar Isaac, I don't think there's very much else that I really liked about the show. Like, especially, Ethan Hawke was a great bad guy. Ethan, Ethan Hawke was, was very good, but a lot of the stuff that happened, especially in the latter episodes, like it was just a bunch of noise to me. Like I just didn't, 
really care about the story. And I, I, th- I thought it actually started stronger than ended. Like I thought the first episode or two mm-hmm. were like pretty solid. And I thought, okay, like, I, you know, I was, I was not cold on it then, but I wasn't super hot. I'm like, this is okay. Like I'm interested to see. And then for me, once it hit about the third episode, it just went down from there. But do you think it's cause it's a weekly episode? You just said you got busy, I guess, you know, you're traveling. Do you think the weekly episode stuff is now catching up to a lot of us where it's just doesn't keep us engaged? So, because, you know, I would, it's, it's just funny because yeah, I think Moon Knight probably would have made a better two hour movie, you know, as a solid origin story movie, do a lot of what they did in this, but just, you know, trim a little bit of the fat. Whereas Eternals for me was really bloated and probably would have worked better as a series and introducing all of those characters. So it's kind of interesting how you could switch some of these. But yeah, I think Moon Knight probably would have been stronger as a film. I think the six hours was a little much. And for a show where I'm like, like not even very much happened in my opinion. I I don't know. It just, it just didn't do much for me. I'm a big fan of Moon Knight. Everybody knows that. I read a bunch of Moon Knight books growing up. Um, But Moon Knight definitely started stronger than it ended. Uh, Oscar Isaac's performance was great all the way through. The, the, one of the big moments for me in the finale was Oscar Isaac coming to peace with both halves of himself, even though there's three thirds, uh, but him coming to peace finally with Mark Spector and um, Steven and being Moon Knight. He kind of had this moment of accepting his mental disorder and living with his mental disorder that has plagued him his whole life. And so to me, there was this really beautiful mental health moment where he had a a healing there in the desert when he was talking to himself and sort of became a whole person and was less fractured and less tormented. So to me, that was what the whole series was about is because that was that's the character who represents mentally, you know, people that have mental health problems. And so you're able to see his arc and see him recover and repair and move forward. And I think that's why it lost a lot of steam in the latter half is because his story was great, but gods, imprisoned statues, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? We've seen that a million times. And so a lot of the superhero stuff was kind of like, who cares? Like the hippo God looks dumb. The alligator God looks dumb. Like let's like, it looks like cheesy CG. It's not that it looks dumb. It's that it's going to age very poorly. We're going to watch it in eight years and be like, oh, God, because it looks like a cartoon now. And we're all such big Marvel fanboys that we allow it to look like a cartoon and don't say too much. But a lot of that CG was really bad in Moon Knight. Moon Knight altogether, I would bet, had less than four minutes of screen time in the whole show. There were so few Moon Knight scenes and fights. And every time he was Moon Knight and in the Moon Knight armor, I was like, I'm in. Like, I, he looks cool. He looks cool when he's fighting and throwing the blades and doing all the things. I thought that was great, but it was just so few and far between throughout the show. I mean, I think in the fourth episode is when he separated from Moon Knight, or separated from, is it Kanju? Is that he's Kanju. 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 You don't see Moon Knight, the, the superhero, at all in that episode. Yeah. Um, which, which is fine. I get it. You're telling long-form storytelling. You've got six episodes here. But still, it's like, not to sound too, too much like a, like a, you know, 
somebody who doesn't know anything about film or, or storytelling, but like, just give me the superhero. Like that's, that's what I was here yeah, for. Yeah, that's exactly right. The show was a beautiful acting job by Oscar Isaacs playing a character that's tormented by his mental health. Um, and it's not a great superhero show. <laughs> it's just a great yeah. Oscar Isaacs piece. Uh, so I actually, I guess I'm by myself. I liked it uh, a lot pretty much the whole way through. I did have some problems like towards the end. Uh, I think we all agree that it definitely did decline. Uh, I really enjoyed the Asylum episode a lot. I thought that was really cool. Uh, it, it gave me Legion vibes. I don't know if you guys watched Legion. Uh, Hell yeah, season one of Legion was awesome. Legion was awesome. Legion was so good. And, like, this had that feel. And, like, I don't know, it got really... So, something I'm really impressed with. So, like, you know, you know about people with multiple personalities and that kind of thing. Uh, But, like, as someone that doesn't have that, like, it's, you know, to me, that's, like, one person. You know what I mean? That has multiple personalities. This really made me feel, like, towards the end, during, like, the reconciliation where they, like, came to an understanding. Those are two goddamn different people like it, it they really made you feel that uh yeah, and i thought that multiple was personality disorder is it's really a, a son of a bitch that was uh that's crazy. i've watched a lot of interesting crime documentaries and things about people who suffer from that and it is a whole different person behind the wheel the whole yeah and, and it made me i i saw that for like the first time in my life i loved i 100 loved that his mental health disorder was caused by trauma and they showed it on the show it would have been so much easier for them to say he was born with it. Yeah. It's so much easier to be like, oh, he's always suffered with that. But showing the trauma that it affects people, it affects their mental health for the rest of their life, um, that's real. That's a real thing that people deal with every single day. So a lot of that stuff in in Moon Knight really spoke to me. I thought it was great, and I thought it was beautiful. Um, But just, yeah, not a lot of the superhero stuff. A lot of the superhero stuff did fall flat for me. I enjoyed the Egyptian lore stuff like so one of the coolest like super things that happened to me was Kanchu rewinding the sky that was awesome i loved i loved that i thought that was super cool and i also thought it was cool that everyone could see it you know what i mean i thought it was cool that he rewinded the sky but i thought it was kind of dumb that it took steven to help him do it (laughs) like you're the ancient (laughs) egyptian god of the night yeah. And you need you need Steven in a tuxedo to help you do it. Like he thought, can barely walk down the street without bumbling and tripping over himself. I thought it was cool. Uh I liked like where my mind went because of it. Like I thought like I wonder if uh what's your name? Uh Kate Denning's character is somewhere right now looking up at the sky, like rushing to try and take pictures so that you know they can study like the past sky for the first time in scientific history. Oh, yeah. I was wondering Kat Dennings from the Thor movie. Yeah, it took me a second to realize. Yeah, Mark Marcy. Uh, Zero tie-ins this show had. Zero tie-ins. I was wondering, Jahan, with him flipping the the moon back, I was like, how much tidal destruction is that causing in the ocean right now? (laughs) Just so he could look at the stars. I'm pretty sure software could have uh, simulated that. That's the real reason Namor's going to come attack Wakanda, because he's like, what happened? Like, that can never happen again. Uh, but yeah, I liked a lot. Also, uh, so they're claiming, uh, the Layla's transformation. Uh, they're saying that's the first, uh, Arab, Arab superhero in the MCU. Uh, I thought that was cool that it happened for sure. Uh, I, I did liked, like that scene where the music prominently featured in a MCU 
uh, show. It was, it was just there cool. was some straight bangers at, on the credits for Hell Moon Knight yes. episodes. Hell and yes. that was what the director was saying. He was saying like everything else that does like Egyptian stuff sucks. They don't do a good job, you know, depicting Egyptian culture. And this is what he was trying to do with the show: is implement that as much as possible. Yeah, the music is definitely one of the best. I thought it I've was beautiful, man. It was, it did my of. heart good to see. Uh, brown people getting their day in the sun. You know, we weren't all we weren't all the bad guys this time. You know what I mean? It was some white guy coming to Egypt, stomping <laughs> his dick around. You know, we weren't like we. No one, no one like ran around going, oh, like none of that happened. And I appreciate that uh, as a Middle East. <laughs> and that's uh, the thing with this show. Like, I think that's that's one of the things that gives me these mixed feelings because to your point, there's a lot of ideas and visuals and things that are there that I think it was very cool. Like I, you know, um, trying to think like even, you know, Gary talked about the, the hippo gods and everything and being, and being silly. But like to, to that point, I liked the idea of like his afterlife being the, the mental institution, but then leading out to that giant boat on the sands and the pyramids like i like so those cool. visuals like i think that's really cool ideas and even the egyptian visuals and being in the pyramids and and the statues and all that like i don't have a problem with that stuff like i, I thought visually a lot of that looked very cool i think for me it was just the plot itself and how it was piecing these things together and it just all kind of became a lot of a lot of nonsense from like a plot perspective but there were a lot of really cool ideas there sean mentioned you know there were no other mcu ties or anything which for me that's fine like i don't have a problem with that i didn't need anything this is the first of the marvel shows that is about a character like a new character you know every marvel show before this has had a character that was introduced in the films and they planned on Um, doing it though they just nixed it so i wonder if they had in the script and had to rewrite it or you know who yeah. yeah, I do. They wanted. Um, I think they're gonna try to do Hawkeye at some some point, maybe going across that region. Maybe <laughs> I think I remember reading that. But there wasn't anything like exciting per se. But it just tied in a little bit better it's to the world. See, all I needed was Marcy studying the sky yeah, that's as a, it was changing. Yeah, just having her like in the background, maybe you know, just somewhere in the world looking at the sky is perfect. That's like all they needed. That's all. Yeah, that would have done my heart some good. Uh, but so I liked the show, start to finish. I enjoyed it. Um, I think the most here apparently. But you know that's okay. Uh, I just I think if we the... hadn't had Oscar Isaac's performance tying it all together, I, I'd really don't know if it's even without Ethan Hawke as a bad guy, if they would have had a bad guy who wasn't quite as cult leadery, who wasn't quite as spooky and intimidating and sweaty and gross. Uh, Ethan Hawke was really unsettling, and if they would have had a villain was who wasn't, the show might have just been kind of dumb. His his personality like swap when his goddess came to Earth and like how he became like just perfectly subservient was so it was so interesting and it was, yeah, it was. so well done because it was believable, but it was they also really, yeah they really shoehorned a kaiju fight into the end they of that did. show that I did not care about. I, I don't know either. I don't know how you have a giant alligator versus a giant crow skeleton bird and no one gives a damn. 
Yeah. I don't know how you fucked that up, but that should have been real easy. We should have been on the edge of our seats and, you know, that should have been a really cool moment. And instead it just felt like another one of those things that they, another big CG moment that's just like dying in the sands of Egypt. Uh, So it was a waste of money. I think it was, there there was a lot of stuff in that show that was just bad CG, bad CG. You could cut, you know, cut so much of that bad CG out. And save it for a, a few for less good CG. You know, having a lot of bad CG doesn't do you any favors. I think I think the the last thing I have. Well, so the the guy talking out of the dead bodies uh, was kind of cool, but it was also kind of dumb. Uh, and then the one thing that I do want to say that monster in that pyramid place that I guess it wasn't really a pyramid, but when they were trying to find the statue in that secret like tomb or whatever, that creature that was like embalming that guy, that creature was dope. That was awesome. That was like the mummy, like kind of style stuff. And I thought if they had honestly, if they had leaned more into the mystical horror aspect that they could have uh, dealing with the dead and the land of the dead and Egypt. I think it would have uh, done better than uh, the crocodile fight personally, but that's, that's, that's all I have to say about midnight. Yeah. Then so there's the post credits scene. Of course, that it reveals that there's a third personality that Jake is also in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had been alluding to starting yeah, from like showed the third the... episode or so. And they showed that sarcophagus in the mental institution yeah. as well when he was letting people out. And you knew that there was another uh, another driver at the wheel at certain times because you knew early on that Mark Spector wouldn't have killed all of those scientists and and he would have stopped it from happening. And so, you know, Jake was at the wheel for a little bit of that. Mark was at the wheel for a little bit of that trying to make it stop. So early on, you could tell that something stunk and there was a it was a third one floating around. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the way he his mannerisms were so weird. Like I don't remember what accent he had. Was he like from Josie? He's like, yeah, I'm like a cap He's like ba ba gabagool. Like it was I thought, just he, really... I thought he spoke Spanish to him. I don't know oh, what he, he did speak he did speak Spanish. He might have. Right. It was just yeah. it was just like it, the, like he was like hunched over, like he's like, I'm an evil guy. Like it's like over. taxi driver looking or something. Yeah, he just it was weird. I don't know. It was probably if just weird each to hear. If you had to put a star rating out of five on Moon Knight, what are what are what are you putting on it? I slept a four on it. Three all day. Three out of five, a four out of five, Sean. Two and a at? half, three. I'm, I'm at a two and a half also. I'd say two I'll be and nice half. and say three. <laughs> two and a half to me is like unwatchable. But to be honest, I didn't watch it. I, a lot of things you were talking about, I was like, I don't remember. Uh, see, I'm like two and, a five, two and a half out of five. That's like a five out of ten. Like for me, that's just like middle of the road. Like, meh, meh. That's where well, I'm we, at on it. Well, meh. we didn't do this for Doctor Strange. We can do the same thing for Doctor Strange for ratings. Oh, you... I actually, my rating would, I agree with what you, I don't know if your rating has changed after a second viewing from your Nerdtropolis really. review. But I, I think it's I'd close. review, I'd agree with what you put on there. I'd say like a three and a half out of five. I would give it a 4.5. That's why my Ooh. thumb is sort of up. I would Ooh, give it a, I'd right. give it a four as well. I'd give both a four. I'm really high on Multiverse of Madness. I, that might be, it, it's probably one of my top five favorite Marvel movies. Um, I'll have to look at a list again to see if that's true, but it's definitely up there. I'm going to have to watch it again, really. Uh... Sean, are you sticking with your three and a half or are you giving it a, a, re, a, a second watch bump? Uh, I think I'm at a three and a half. Yeah, I've seen... uh, I'm with you. Yeah, 
If they just put Toby in there, it would have been like a five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. That's the thing. I'm not asking for much. See how much higher it would have been just with like one second of Toby. That's He's it. He's a simple second. man, guys. Yeah, man. You would <laughs> love Sea Biscuit. Oh, I need to watch that. It's been a while since. <laughs> All right, I think yeah. I think that's that's about it. Unless y'all have anything else to add, no, that's it. No, this was fun. So thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. And and again, where can people find you? You know. Uh, Getting all the plugs here. You can find me underneath Gary's bed. Sleep tight tonight. <laughs> oh, he's not kidding. He's in there. <laughs> no, if you want to check out some cool articles and some fun stuff, nerd-tropolis.com on um, Facebook. Just look up Nerdtropolis and Nerdtropolis community and come nerd out with us. It's fun. Awesome. And I'm Drew Munhausen. You can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And I'm Jahananan. And you can find me at RockFact on Twitter. I'm Gary. You can find me at CasualtyCDG on all the social medias. If you like tabletop role-playing games, board games, uh, learning rules, or meeting game designers, come find me and Jahan every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, fresh out the box. Uh, we're twitch.tv backslash Jahananon. We have a fresh out the box YouTube and Facebook. Um, and if you liked this episode of Fresh Out the Podcasts, I would like you to convince your enemies to listen to this show and give us a four-star rating or higher. That's your challenge for the week. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay fresh.